Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is PopCon, Indie PopCon to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, mm-hmm. you get a chance to meet us again mm-hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. That's all I got. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. And welcome back to the You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast. I'm your host, Robbie. And I'm Sammy. And today on the podcast, we are discussing Halloween Resurrection. So you want to be on Dangertainment? Let's see what you got. So, what did you think of the movie? That- Great. It, believe me, it's not one of our favorite Halloween movies. It's more of a more of a clusterfuck when you get into get involved with it. Mm-hmm. Even Jamie Lynn Curtis didn't even want to be a part of this. She sure didn't. No. But she was under contract. Yes. With the Miramax or yeah. Universal. Mm, these are still Dimension. So yeah. So Miramax, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Weinstein Company. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And if you notice, the Weinsteins are marked as producers on the film. That makes sense because it's their production company mm-hmm. yeah. doing this. Yep. So they're always heavily involved. And you know they're still getting paid off of it till this day, right? right? Mm-hmm. Even if Harvey Weinstein's in jail, he's still making money. Yeah. At least he'll have money on his commentary, right? I guess so. Maybe anyway. not from this movie. I don't know. I'm sure people still stream this movie. There's got to be someone who likes it. Especially over Halloween and whatnot. Yeah, I guess we do watch it. Yeah, we do, we try to watch all of them. That's true. So, yeah. But we, we're lucky. We have it on DVD. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't have it on DVD. Mm-hmm. So they try to stream it or yeah. purchase it or rent it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. You want a summary? Yeah. Three years after he last terrorized his sister, Michael Myers confronts her again before traveling to Haddonfield to deal with the cast and crew of a reality show, which is being broadcast from his old home. Okay. Mm. Dangertainment. I was waiting for you to Dangertainment. Um, this movie had several taglines that they used. I'm starting to feel like maybe the more taglines, the worse the movie. Because yeah. they're, they're trying to really, like, be be like, you know, you need to come see this movie. Look at our tagline. Right, and right. And really, it's not a great movie. So, first one, evil finds its way home. I've, I remember hearing that. It's okay. Second, evil never dies. You can burn it. You can shoot it. You can lock it up forever. But evil never dies. That seems a bit long. For Michael is, Myers yeah. movie. That's a bit much. Yeah. Next one. The shape is back in action. Okay. I, I don't remember mind. that one. I don't mind that one. That one's okay. Everyone can see you. Everyone can hear you. But on July 12th, no one can help you. That's not bad. That's really not a bad one. Michael's work in Haddonfield is not done yet. That's not really that great. Honestly. Brother versus sister for one last time. I don't think it really 
brother i mean she was in it for like 2.5 seconds and then she was done yeah so can you really call that brother versus sister i mean i guess for the first 10 minutes i know i'm no i'm jumping ahead but she i know she specifically asked to get out of her contract she did i have some info on that but yes that's true uh next tagline evil comes home that's kind of a variation off of the first one but right Michael Myers is back, and he's ready to clean house. That's not bad. It's, it's not terrible. On July 12th, Michael comes home, and this time there will be no escape. Except that's not even true, because two people don't even die in the movie. You're right. So, how are you going to say it's no escape, and two of them died? I'll I mean, two time, of them didn't die. Next time I'm on the board, I'll, let, I'll ask them. I'm saying. Um... And then the last one is the night he came back. That's not bad. Hmm. Yeah, that's all right. So this movie is rated R, obviously for language, brief drug use, some sexuality, and strong violence. Brief drug use? Where in the movie were they using drugs at? They didn't, didn't some of them get high in the house? Maybe, I yes. So. Yes, you're right, they did. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's right. Genre, holiday, horror, mystery, and thriller. Although, I don't know. Is it really much of a mystery? Like, you know, it's Michael. Like, there's no. You know what's going to go on. Yeah. And how it's going to go on mm -hmm. and all that. Director, Rick Rosenthal. Do you recognize that name? Yeah. Okay. And produced by Malik Akkad, his co-producer, Mustafa Akkad. I believe this is his last Halloween movie. He's an executive producer because then he died paul freeman producer h daniel gross co-executive producer michael Leahy, producer ralph rickerman executive producer i feel like there's too many producers on this lewis spiegler co-executive producer and then the two weinsteins as you said yeah also producers so writers deborah hill john carpenter get credit for the characters as always Larry Brand wrote the story and screenplay, and Sean Hood wrote the screenplay. Okay. So, there you go. All right, so, cinematography was by David Geddes. 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 Okay. I'm Geddes. Sorry, David, if I said your name wrong. But I don't think the cinematography was necessarily bad, so. No. One nice thing to say about the movie. This movie was released, if you didn't pick up on it yet, July 12th, 2002. Why in July? I don't know. Okay. So I picked it. I have it's the entertainment. Okay. In July. I have no usually, idea. Usually Halloween movies are like. No. The last one was in July yeah. as well, remember? Yeah, H2O, I know. So I don't know what happened. Maybe because they weren't making as much money and rather than try and keep them around Halloween, they just moved them. I don't know. To me, it's like, shouldn't you still try and release them at Halloween? That's what I would think too. I don't know. So, budget was an estimated $13 million. Gross in U.S. and Canada was $30.4 million. And its opening weekend, it made $12.3. Wow. So, it really almost made its budget back the first weekend. That's good. That means this, surprise. this movie made a profit. I think people just go to see it because it's Michael, Michael Myers. Michael Myers, yeah. Honestly. And, well, you have to admit, the cast as well. The cast was not bad. It had Tyra Banks in it, Buster Rhymes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to name the cast here okay. in a second. Let me get through like two more things. Runtime, it's an hour and 29 minutes. It's distributed by Dimension Films, like we said. Camera, Panavision, Panaflex. The audience on I, um, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 25%. 25%. And it's got a 3.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Well, I could see that. And I feel like that fits. Normally, we kind of argue a little bit about the, the ratings. If they're low, like, mm -hmm. and we're like, uh, but no, I think this is appropriate. So, cast. Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode for 2.5 seconds. Brad Laurie is our Michael Myers in this one. Busta Rhymes is Freddie Harris. Bianca, oh, geez, Kajilic? Kajilic is Sarah. Sean Patrick Thomas is Rudy Grimes. And... I only, he was like big in my mind around this time because he was in Save the Last Dance. Yes. Yeah. He was the main, the brother that so, was in love with Julia Stiles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, 
you're a bit different in this movie, but I did have love for him back then because of that movie. Daisy McCracken is Donna. Katie Sackoff is Jennifer. And Katie is making a big right now in The Mandalorian. So good oh, for she, you, Katie. she's in The Mandalorian? Yes. I didn't know that. She is a fellow Mandalorian. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, from Mandalore. Yeah, so she's making a big there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, and I'm pretty sure she's in the new season that's about to come out, so. Yeah. Okay, good, good for her. Luke Kirby is Jim Morgan. Thomas Ian Nichols is Bill Woodlake. Ryan Merriman is Miles Deckard Barton. Another name that I knew, Ryan Merriman. I'm sure nothing to you. Okay, he was Disney Channel star for my friends out there. I did not know that. You know Let him. me know if you guys you knew that him. in the comments. Big crush on Ryan Merriam back in the day. Yes, Disney Channel star. And Tyra Banks is Nora Winston. Oh, see, she's something. Know her. Yeah, there you go. So you know like two of them. Probably. Three of them. Three, I'm sorry. Three people. The filming locations for this one. Riverview Hospital was in British Columbia, Canada. The um, Court Motel was in also Vancouver, British, British Columbia, Canada. So got a lot of Canada. I think this is the, the first time. Canadians really like Michael Myers. Big yeah, I think this is the first Canada. time, right, that we've been outside yeah. the United States filming. Yeah. So, yeah, they did a lot in British Columbia. And then the Canfield Moreno Estate was in Los Angeles. That was the Hillcrest Academy because, you know, we did like a slight reference to that movie right for this one to do a tie-in because this is tied into the previous movie if you're keeping track of the timelines this is tied into yes. h2o yes okay yes because he went back and now he's living in his house is that why yeah so if you he, remember this he, is the one where they did i cut his head off i didn't cut his head off right right so it drives uh, Lori crazy, and then she ends she up in the mental same, institution. Same, um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so this is a direct tie-in to H2O. It's following that timeline. Okay, so after he kills him, her, he goes back home. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he starts off at the mental institution, remember? And right, then he, right. Nah, and then, yeah. He goes home, and now he's just like, well, now I have nothing to do. And I then guess. people invaded his space. I guess. And he was like, well... Fuck with all this noise. Because I need something to do. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. All right, you ready for some filming facts? Yeah. All right, we'll start right off with Jamie Lee Curtis. As we alluded to, she hated the idea of a sequel, and she felt that Laurie had a satisfying ending in the previous film. So remember, she was big on, like, this is my thank you to the fans, blah, 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 when she was doing H2O, and then this one came along. You know how many times she said that? Well, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis frequently. I feel like that's her promotion for the character. She's not stupid. She's got to get you to come see the movie. Oh, just like Halloween ends. This is my this last is time. This is it. I'm never blah, blah, coming blah. back. But she's, she's getting older now, so. I could probably guess. She may not return. I can get that one, but this one, no. she's all about the promotion. No, that's she just, why the studio she hired just, her. If they had a good storyline, she would not have cared. I think she just really hated the idea of this entire movie, too. So she initially refused to even be in the film until she ultimately agreed to do her part only under the condition that she's killed off in the opening of the film to make sure her character wouldn't appear in another sequel. That worked. That worked. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie. And at the time of the film's initial release, though, executive producers Malik Akkad and Mustafa tried to explain it by claiming that Jamie Lee Curtis, Curtis was so impressed with the screenplay that she wanted a large part in it. And she publicly stated, no. 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 You have to love it. When I'm this, under contract. This is why I'm in this movie. You have to love it when the star comes out and is like, no, that's Stop not what I like. Stop saying that. This is not a thing. This movie was first named Halloween the Homecoming, but producers wanted a title that said Michael Myers is alive. So in February 2002, the film was officially named Halloween Resurrection. Okay. I mean... I feel like, though, if they're doing a Halloween movie, like, you know Michael's in it. Mm -hmm. So you don't really need to explain in the title that he's back. Like, we'll just see you, that he's you, back. The audience movie. can connect the dots. Yeah, you could have said it the homecoming because that still covers it because he goes back to Haddonfield. So. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. I agree with that. 
I mean, I don't, I don't really care one way or the other regarding the title on this one, but I just, their reasoning for changing it, I don't think it was that big of a deal, but whatever. No, I agree. Originally, the executives of Miramax wanted to continue the series by creating a whole new story, which didn't have anything to do with Michael Myers. Oh, thank God they didn't do that. Just like John Carpenter was trying to do with Halloween 3. Do you think it would have went off? Well, poll results conducted throughout fan websites proved that to the producers that fans wanted Michael back. Yeah. No, No, I don't. You can't, at this especially, they couldn't do it with Halloween 3 and be successful. There's no way they could do it by 2002 and still try and tout it as like a Halloween movie. It can't be anything related to the franchise because people are not going to understand if Michael is not in it. So you think to actually do that, you would have to come up with a brand new name and everything? No, if you if you want to do like a lore related to Haddonfield, okay, but there's no way you could refer to it in any sort of way as a Halloween Right. Movie. So. Because they proved with Halloween 3, which is not really a bad movie, that people are not going to understand it and they're going to dislike the movie on principle because Michael's not in it. Right. Although I guess technically he was in Halloween 3, but, you know. I just, I don't think, especially at this point, even 20 years ago, there's no way. Yeah. So, like usual with these movies. Several new endings were written during production, and the cast was never sure how the film was going to actually end. That would suck, what especially being an actor. And even better for this movie, four endings were filmed. Four endings. And the director wanted the studio to ship a different ending to each theater, a technique that was used in one of your other favorite movies. I have no idea. Scream? Oh. Clue, scream, okay. Scream. No, that they did during the theatrical race release of Clue. But the studio was like, no. So the endings are just on the DVD and Blu-ray. Okay. They didn't do it in theaters. But they were trying to be like Clue. So you would go and you wouldn't know which ending you would see. Which is actually a clever way to get people to go back to the movie. Yeah. Or go to a different theater so or whatever. So each but theater would have a different ending. Yeah, I guess so. That's actually pretty But that cool. would get you to go see the movie more than once. Yeah. Even if you probably didn't like it, you'd probably be like, oh, I want to go see the other endings, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially this is still 2002. It's not like today with the the social medias where you could just find out what happened, like, super easy. Yes. So, you want to know the endings? Yeah. So, in theaters, as you all probably know, Freddie saves Sarah from Michael. Michael comes back to life at the morgue and he attacks the coroner. That's the one we saw. In another ending, Final Girl Sarah is saved by her internet friend Miles, aka Deckard. Deckard, yeah. Yeah. He He, actually comes to the... Yep. I didn't see that one. He personally pulls her away from the fire at the Myers house. But obviously in the theatrical version, he's just like, oh good, you're alive. You're alive, yeah. He's still alive with his little Palm Pilot. And I feel... That's funny. But I feel like that would have given them a better ending. The two, those two characters, since they're yeah. making such a big deal out of their, their connection. internet connection, whatever. And this is back when online dating was just getting big Chat and popular. And all that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another ending, Sarah asks to see Michael's corpse in the body bag. And this time he comes back to life at that moment instead of in the morgue. He grabs Freddy, begins to choke him, and then Sarah slams an axe into his head. While, while they're... Looking at the body when, with the coroners? Or, no, this uh, is at the scene. At so the Mike, scene. Yeah, okay, she yeah. has to see Michael at the in scene. the body bag. Yes. Right, right. Okay. That's what I said. Instead of uh, at the work. Nobody had their guns drawn or something like that? I to don't shoot know. Him? She, she hit him with an axe, so whatever. And the last one has an alternate ending where I saw two different references to this. So it's either an FBI agent or a CSI agent. Two People called it two different things, so I don't know. So an FBI or CSI agent investigates a hole in the remains of the Myers home, and then Michael grabs her and pulls her inside. So the thought is that he's in the fire. He goes in this little hidey hole in the house. The woman comes checking, and then he grabs her, and then the ending is you can hear her screams coming from the darkness. Okay. That would have been a good ending. That would have been a clever ending. Yeah. Probably out of all of these, I would have liked that one best. Yeah. I mean, the morgue thing was okay. It was kind of predictable, though. Yeah, but I feel like this one, it would have been a little predictable, but I don't know. 
What did what did you think of the beginning when he's in the insane asylum and you're watching that crazy guy being like ran, uh, rambling off serial killers and blah blah blah, and then at the end after he kills Jamie Lee Curtis, he's he gives him the knife. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he didn't kill him? I guess because he was just like friend here. I, I always thought Michael Myers just kind of picked and choose who he wanted to kill. I guess that guy gave him the vibe, like, you're going to be just like me. Yeah. He should have had the clown guy show up at the house. He should have been his best buddy, just brought him along. That would have made a different kind of movie. But, like, this is my new friend I picked up at the Insane Asylum. He's going to also kill you. I see. I'm going to train him. Clown mask. Yeah. I'm going to train him. You could have had an apprentice. <laughs> He's going to take over the mantle. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, so the film ends with a sequel hook when Michael Myers opens his eyes, reveals he's alive in the morgue. Originally, Josh Hartnett was going to reprise his role as John Tate for another film titled Halloween Retribution and seek revenge for his mother's death. What happened to that? Well, I'll tell you. So an early treatment of this movie also included Sheriff Lee Brackett, who joined the quest for revenge since Michael killed his daughter, Annie. Mm -hmm. So way back tie-in. The critical backlash, along with the film ultimately flopping at the back box office, and then executive producer Mustafa Akkad's death killed off the plans for a sequel. That sucks. They and should then, have done that still. I, they, I don't see that ever happening now. And the next film that actually came out was in 2007. And that was Rob Zombie's Halloween. So, and we're, ended the timeline. <laughs> but in this season, we're not going to cover Rob Zombie's. Mm-mm. We will have a special Rob Zombie. Yeah, because section of this podcast. Yeah, but not the way now. the way we looked at it was these movies that we're in right now all at some point in time connect back to the very, very first, first or the very first two right. John Carpenter Michael Myers movies. So we're trying to stay in yes. sequence with that because exactly. there's already like so many of them. There's 11 films, I believe. So there's already so many of them. And, the, and that's the, why Rob Zombie is just going to be his own separate thing when we get there. And the the positioning of these are already a clusterfuck. Yeah. And so that, you know, this was ja- dropped, this was added, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. keeping the timelines together. Yeah. I'm sure we're not the only ones out there that are just like, what the fuck? Everybody, I feel like, feels this way. So, originally the opening sequence of this movie was going to show the Myers family home videos during a barbecue with the parents, Judith, and a young Michael staring at the viewer. The scene was filmed, but they didn't actually use it. See, I feel like the the scenes that they don't use would have been the best scenes for the movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. In addition to the main film camera with up to three in use at a time. So it was shot with three cameras. Up to three at a time. Yeah, okay. There were also mounted surveillance cameras and the actor's headset cameras. One might assume the headsets were just props, but they were actually fully functional and footage shot by the actors was used in the final film. That's actually pretty cool. That was a cool fact. I do agree with that. Entertainment. So we... We have a couple, very few horror movie references. While in the asylum, Laurie Strode has a Raggedy Ann doll. In the original movie, she had a similar Raggedy Ann doll on the dresser of her bedroom, which I can picture when I think about it in the very first. Yeah, yeah, I can too. A picture of Josh Hartnett, who played Laurie Strode's son and John in the Halloween H2O, can be seen on the wall above her bed. I didn't see that. I meant to look for that, and then I forgot. When I'll I have to go movie. back and rewatch. The name of the psychology professor at Haddonfield University is Dr. Mixter. This was also the name of the doctor in Halloween 2 that treated Lori. Okay. And I did then not he get got that. a needle to the eye. Yeah. I did not get that. And the teacher is actually director Rick Rosenthal. Really? Yeah, that was the director. That's pretty cool. And finally, director Rick Rosenthal, who I... Did say, do you remember this name? Previously directed Halloween 2, 21 years before this one. Okay. Sorry you came back for this shit show, but it's very cool. At least he got a paycheck, right? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And he got to be in the movie, so. Yeah, that. got double paid. Yep. So we got some killer facts. There are, oh, 
Okay, so Dead Meat Wiki called this 11 and a half. 11 and a half deaths? Yeah, which we'll get we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, so Franklin decapitated off screen. Willie had his throat slit with a chef's knife. Lori was stabbed in the back with a knife. And Charlie was stabbed through the throat with a tripod, which... I, that would never work. Robbie was very upset during the movie. I was looking at that and I was like... That would never work. They don't make tripods like that. Mm-hmm. So he was very insistent how this was unrealistic. Very unrealistic. But this, for the movie, out Burgess, of the entire movie, that was fine. what bothered him. This. Yeah, I mean, they made it look like these tripod legs were like gonna like cut you. That's yeah. not the not how they are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Bill stabbed multiple times, including in the top of the head. Donna was impaled through the back with a metal pole. Jen was decapitated with the knife. Jim had his head crushed by Michael's bare hands. That was pretty gross. Rudy stabbed through the torso with knives. Nora was strangled to death and sliced in the neck with a machete. Found her dead. And then the coroner was killed by Michael. At least we're assuming so, because, you know, that was right at the end of the movie. The half of death was the paramedic. Okay. He was decapitated by Lori with the axe, you know, where we thought it was Michael in the last thought. It was Michael in the last movie. And then in this one, they're just like, just kidding. It's a paramedic. So they included him. Yeah. So Denmeat Wiki was like, yeah, here's a half a death. So I thought that was funny. I always like reading their, their reasoning behind stuff. Okay. Stuntman Brad Lori, a lifelong horror enthusiast and fan of the Halloween films, plays Michael in this installment. Lori had stated that had the series not been rebooted after Resurrection, had the series been not been rebooted after Resurrection. So meaning like, you know, we had Rob Zombie wander off and then we had the Halloween 2018 start. He would have loved to reprise the role of Myers because he enjoyed it. But they rebooted everything. They didn't obviously invite him back. So Uh sorry, Brad. Maybe in the future. Maybe. You know, there'll be more eventually. Nora Winston's, that's Tyra. Her death scene was originally on screen. Publicity stills and behind the scenes photos actually show and prove that her death scene was filmed. It involved Michael stringing her up with electrical wire and then repeatedly stabbing her in the abdomen as she struggled, which explains the big pool of blood that Sarah slips on when she goes in the garage. The scene was later cut as of a course. suggestion by Brad Laurie, the stuntman who plays Michael, because he stated every horror movie has to have a character find the body of someone you didn't know was dead. And I think that was actually a valid point. Okay. I he see doesn't that. know the rest of the movie was a joke. But I I was like, no, that's true, because every horror movie there's someone you haven't seen in a while and then you find out it's because They're they dead. got got, but you didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, yeah. The retcon involving the paramedic is largely impossible for several reasons. The retcon? Yeah. So, you know, like they went back and in the previous movie, this was Michael. He's in he's in the ambulance, whatever. Okay. Where he cuts his head off. And then this movie, they were like, no, it wasn't actually Michael. Just kidding. So them fixing that, saying it wasn't Michael the whole time, doesn't make sense. Okay. The reasoning is because... The paramedic could have just taken off the mask. Yeah. And been like, yo, I'm with you for like however many solid minutes, like five solid minutes at least. Mm -hmm. I could just take the mask off. Yeah. In the van, Michael goes after Lori. Does he not? Yeah. So why would the paramedic do that? True. Okay. And then a normal person wouldn't have survived being thrown from the van let alone being crushed by it. Okay. So, hmm, just saying. Doesn't really make sense, but it is what it is. <sighs> now that you're pointing it out to me, I'm just like, okay. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. No. But when you're not, you're just watching it, you, you don't think about that. Yeah. I mean, I guess the thought is it's been. Nobody's going to pick up on since that. Since 1998, right? So right. Like four years. So, yeah, three years, four years, whatever. So that's, I guess, the reasoning that people wouldn't have thought about it. But anyway. In the scenes showing the events of H2O with the paramedic, Michael's mask is the resurrection one rather than H2O's version. They didn't even use the same mask either, by the way. They didn't even? No. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And then another fun fact about this mask. This mask had, had not been made on the shape actor Brad Laurie's head and was too small. That's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. That's why his eyes can be seen so clearly, unlike in the previous films. Well, don't you think that's a bit creepier when you can actually see I, his eyes? I did say this last time, but I will agree that this mask looks like it's tight. And it, it looks a bit more ridiculous. And the hair was... The hair was all over was the place. I'll let you know that. Yeah. So, in this case, because I think it was too tight, I think it started becoming more comical than it did scary. No, I can understand Like, there's that. a certain way where you can see his eye, you know, but the fact this one was just tight on his face, it just starts to be a little bit silly. Yeah. yeah. I can see that. Mm -hmm. So, we got some special effects and stunts. Gary J. Tunicliffe. Tunicliffe. Served as Resurrection special makeup effects creator, but he's very quick to note that he did not make the mask. He did not make the mask. Yes. So he does not want to be blamed for this. And it was his first question when he learned he got the job. But special special fellow, oh my gosh, fellow special effects artist Chad Washam had already designed the mask. I so bet he wants like, to shoot himself. He's like, do not include me in this. I did not do this shit. I'm sure that follows him to this day. You, you gotta you size the, it to the actor. You made dude. the mask, right? It has to be sized to the actor. It doesn't make sense otherwise. How long ago did this movie come out? Twenty years ago. Yeah, I'm sure it still follows him till this day. Possibly. But anyway, back to Tunicliffe. In addition to his special effects duties, he appears as several characters in the film. He is credited as officer, but he actually plays the role of the paramedic that Michael Myers kills in the prologue allowing him to escape the events of Halloween H2O. Since it was just a small non-speaking role, the director suggested that he play it so his team cast his head for the beheading. That's okay. kind of cool. Like, my head was chopped off. That's and in the cool. mask. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And he also donned the Michael Myers mask and coveralls for a second unit insert shots. So his stature was 5'8 compared to Lori's 6'2" bit of a difference she's six foot two lori jamie lynn curtis no lori the actor who played the shape okay brad lori okay, okay yeah yes okay. brad lori is six foot two i was gonna say wait a minute I no we're them. talking about michael myers yeah yes yes okay so tuna cliff earned the name mini michael among the crew of course he did and he also pops up as a mass party goer who jumps in front of the camera so Bianca, the actress who played Sarah, could not audibly scream when playing the part. So they added it in post? Yes. I was just like, that's so strange. You've it, cast her in this part and she can't scream. So wait a minute. So that, when she's talking to the camera when they're trying to get, get ready for them to go to the house and she screams. That's not her. That's all post. Yes. And her character cool. screams were all dubbed in post-production. I can understand that because if you're going to scream that high mm -hmm. to actually break something, mm -hmm. it's going to hurt your vocal cords. I know. I just thought it was interesting that they would hire like somebody the, that can't scream. The, yeah, as the main girl. But that's what they did. Trivia. John Carpenter has stated that this movie makes him cringe. Yep. Yes, he did. Jamie Lee Curtis was quoted as saying that she considers this film a joke. How would you like to be on the Halloween movie that the... Creator <laughs> and the main actor is just like, oh, it's a joke. This makes me cringe. It's a joke. That's so terrible. And Jamie Lee Curtis, if you noticed, appears on the movie cover with short hair, but she has long hair in the film. And if you look very closely, you can actually easily tell that it's the same picture that was on the poster of H2O. So I guess she didn't even do the, sh the shots for it. Like um, the promo shot. Apparently, she's like, ah, I'm not going to do like, all that. fuck all this. You guys can just use the old photo. It's fine. Uh, Katie Sackoff, when she sat down to watch the film 20 years later for the first time, she was embarrassed by her performance, and she felt it was a bad Cher Horowitz impression. Though, from Clueless. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, okay. Though she was impressed with her scream, and she noted that she had actually dubbed over Bianca's screams in some parts. So, Katie did some of the screams for, for our lead character, Sarah. Okay. And Katie noted, in particular, she recounted a scene where her character, Jen, flashes her bra for the camera, which was not in the script, and she wasn't comfortable doing it. 
leading the filmmakers to go behind her back and use a body double for this scene, an experience that led her to include a strict no nudity clause in her contracts going forward. Wow, they used so, to, but they, she didn't show her boobs, she just showed her bra, right? Right, but the actress herself, what she did was she pulled her shirt up just like over her midriff and she stopped. And then they got a body double who came in who then pulled it all the way up and showed a bra and she just was like what the fuck i didn't agree to do this i mean that's show business i guess you just bring in someone who will do it exactly but it's no one knows this so they all think she did it and it's just something she wasn't comfortable with i'm trying to figure out which one this was short hair she got decapitated on the stairs okay she's like the louder like more boisterous one her friend yeah, the, like the bestie that okay. goes in there and that's and that convinced trying them to, to get her to dress differently and all that. That convinced them to do the show in the first place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that the, I was thinking of the one that liked the weird guy was like, oh, you're... The one that was down in the basement? Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. No. Mm-mm. Okay. No. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. So, I have a couple quotes for you. Okay. Courtesy courtesy of yeah pretty much freddy that's it okay he was the only funny one in the movie freddy trick-or-treat motherfucker uh, oh i do have one laurie strode one and where she says i'll see you in hell and then she falls to her death very dramatically but does he actually go to hell michael, michael doesn't die so no no yeah. exactly but it's a good line i think uh, another good one from Freddie, where he looks at Michael at the end and he says, looking a little crispy over there, Mikey, like some chicken fried motherfucker. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Buster runs. Uh, well, he, well, may he never, ever rest in peace. That shit just cracks me up. And then Freddie says, this one can be for you. Let the dangertainment begin. Dangertainment. <laughs> dangertainment. Uh, and then it says, he says, let the danger tainment begin. And then under his breath, like softly says up in this motherfucker. It just cracked me up. He said that in the movie? Yeah, I guess so. I yeah. did not And I meant that. to listen for it. And it just had me cracking up when I was looking up the, the quotes. I know when he's fighting mm-hmm. uh, Michael Michael and he's like, you want to be on danger tainment? <laughs> that is the only funny thing. And you make me laugh every time you do that. But you have... The cat, like we said, the cast was good. The storyline, the execution, it was not good. Right. Like, I know in this time period, like these reality shows, all of that was really starting to take off. Yeah. Around this time, that was becoming a big thing. So I get the thought behind it, but it just, the execution just didn't make sense. And then with Michael just randomly showing up, um, you know, it it would have made, an, I don't know, it would have made more sense. I don't know how they could have done it to make it more more sense. I feel like they should have put more thought in the script. Yeah. And came up with more of a conclusive story. Yeah. But they didn't. They just wanted to rush it and, and get mean, it out. The whole thing is like, okay, you're watching them walk around the Michael Myers house, whatever. But even like watching the movie, it's boring because mm-hmm. they're just standing around and talking, which is what they would do on a reality show, especially if they're filming them like 24 seven for this overnight thing. Right. There would be lots of boring parts in it. And I understand that, but it just, this is not an actual reality show. It's a movie. Right. And it just was like boring. I mean, it finally picked up when you had Freddie come out dressed as Michael and then he faces Michael. That was pretty funny too. Yeah. And And then Michael's (laughs) confused. Go out to the garage. And Michael's like, sure. (laughs) I'm just going to go kill this bitch out here. No problem. But when he does that, Uh uh-huh. Do you ever actually wonder why Michael Myers d- yes. doesn't kill him? We talked about this when we rewatched it the other day. It's like, He's but why didn't Michael just be like, nah, and then just stab him and move on with his life and let them find like the dead Freddy Michael on the floor? And he's kind of looking at him like, you're me, or am I you, or whatever. I don't know. Maybe a Michael's brain just exploded because there was someone looked like him. I have no idea. I don't know what happened in that moment. But uh, yeah, that's always something I'll wonder is why didn't he just stab Freddy? That's a good Instead point. of just listening to him and leaving. Like, I don't know. I don't get it either. Oh, my gosh. But it is pretty funny listening to Freddie go off on him. Like, like I told you, no, I'm dressed as Michael. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, that was pretty funny. So I had to say, like, Buster Rhymes, Freddie is pretty funny in the movie. I think he helped make the movie. He did. 
to be as good as it he could. Yeah. The rest of them, it wasn't their fault based on the stuff they were given to work with. I mean. I think they did the best of what they had. Yeah. As the teenagers and, and all that. It just, it feels like they needed something more to do. Yeah. Specifically in the house versus let's just wander around. Because they started figuring out they had a lot of stuff that was set up for them to find. Mm-hmm. Like they did that thing in the basement where the bodies fell down. And I'm like, why didn't you just set up something like a scavenger hunt or something. I don't know. Something for them to actually do in the house. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, the storyline, the thought maybe was there, but the story was just not. Wasn't great. No, exactly. And and I feel like, besides maybe Buster Rhymes, like all the other people he could have taken out and then replaced with someone else, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Right. I feel like that's also a bad sign, too. Because we specifically, like, the last movie, I'm like, no, I mean, Josh Hartnett, Jamie, There's, Michelle. Yeah. I mean, like, you're like, oh, no, I can't. Like, these were great castings and everything. And in this one, I'm like, but did it make a difference? The only one that actually it? jumps out at you is Buster Rhymes. Yeah. He made this movie mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. And all the other ones could have been recast or Yeah, and whatever. that's nothing on the actors. Right. It's on the characters. It's on the production studio. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a boring movie to be a Michael Myers movie. You got the whole thing at the beginning with Jamie Lee Curtis being pissed off, so she wants gone from it. So you kind of have, I mean, like, I get to get rid of her, but it's almost like you have that mini movie at the beginning and then the actual movie starts. Yes. You know, 10 minutes later, whatever it is. Yes. 15, I don't know. It's like two different worlds. Yeah, I don't feel like there was any good connection between the two storylines either, so that didn't really help. Um, Yeah, because you're like, you see all this stuff, and yeah, I know he goes to Haddonfield because he's done with her, but it's never explained why. I mean, he should have been like, he went back there to stay, to live, and then they moved in with their production equipment and pissed him off but i don't know we will definitely on our instagram tell you the rank of uh, our favorite ones in this john carpenter series because we're not not done done. we're not done yet no we're gonna have a whole episode actually at the end in april where i would like to just do a let's discuss overall what were our favorite michaels what were our favorite movies in the franchise what were our favorite kills or most memorable? So we can just spend one episode where we just kind of get it cover all, it, and end it, it, and then we, yeah, move on. But that will be in mid-April, end of April, before we get to that. Yeah, we still have three more Michael We've Myers. We got the new series, 2018. I'm Halloween actually glad. Kills and Halloween ends. I'm actually glad we're starting the new round of it. Yeah, I'm, because, I'm just over this entire thing because. I mean, I like it that it all stayed in the same time frame, sort of. Kind of. Sort of, but it's just all everywhere. Yeah, and I think whether you liked it or not, I think the next three are more cohesive because of the game plan going in. And it was the same production studio, and it was the same people, Mm -hmm. and they kind of had their own game plan of how they wanted it. Yeah, they knew where where they wanted to go with the movies. And And I feel like that's what they should have done in the beginning. They Mm should have really planned this out. But again, John Carpenter wanted each movie to be something different. Yeah, he didn't want to do any of this. But now this made him... Rich beyond belief, so I'm sure yeah. he was just like, oh, okay. okay. But yeah, when we do our final rankings on the movies, I have a sneaking suspicion that this will be at the bottom of mine. Yeah. Just because. Like, I know we complained about some of the other ones, but I just, this yeah. This one was the most disorganized one. And it, the fact that I'm calling a Michael Myers movie boring is a bad thing. Yes. The I other agree. ones at least were not boring. They I maybe didn't care for it, but... This was just a drug. Yeah, like, you could be on your phone doing something else and still still follow the plot. No, like I said, I paid attention when Busta was was on screen because he was funny. But, yeah, I mean, the rest of them, it was just like... And there there was one other scene with Tyra, since we didn't really talk about her, where the cameraman is setting up at the beginning. And she's just like, why are you making this so difficult? Just put the damn camera up. And he's just like, oh... You see scary, not scary, scary. That is true. Yeah, and then Michael comes in because no one ever pays 
as usual, when there's cameras around, Nobody's no one's paying, paying attention, attention to what's happening at that moment in time. The cameraman then gets it. Yep. And, and complained about this. And then the camera like falls and she's like, oh, great job. Because it's just randomly on the floor at that point. That kind of made me laugh. That's and no blood on the, the tripod or anything like that. And no. Nothing that she can see. No. And, and it's just fine. And when Jen, that's Katie's character, gets beheaded, that's pretty good. Because she's up on the stairs freaking out. And Michael slices her and then her head rolls down the stairs. That's a pretty good. But film. you notice that there was not any blood or anything? It was not particularly gory. No. For her head being chopped off. If they were in Halloween Kills, it would have been like blood splurting from her body. Like a mountain, a, a volcano of blood shooting up if we were in the newer ones. I feel like they could get away with a lot more gore in the newer ones than they could uh -huh. in the older ones. They had a lot more restrictions. I, we are starting when we talk about some of the newer ones. Like the last scream was definitely bloodier, and I think the new one is for sure going to be. The new scream out, actually which, comes out in two weeks. We will be going to see that, and I'm not sure when we're going to talk about it. Oh, we'll do a special episode on that. Yeah, but I want to give time for people to go see it because we we have spoilers and right. Well, I guess you just know if you're going to listen to our us talk about Scream, it's going to have spoilers. We're not going to. But yeah, not I'm spoil it. I know we're getting off subject, but I'm super excited. I, the only I am excited about it. I'm not ex thrilled that uh, Nev Campbell won't be in it. No. I feel like them bringing Kirby back and them having. Uh, uh, what? Gail Weathers there. Courtney. Courtney will kind of Help. fill that void. Yeah, but, but still. we're already two characters down. I just wish we would have done. I mean, they kind of were doing that passing the torch thing in the last movie, but I just wish if we were going to end up with no Ned that it would have been a better send away. send away for her because she's like iconic. I do not yeah. like the new cast that they're handing the torch over. Okay, so. Um, my God, what's her name? The younger sister. I know who you're talking she's about. She's in like everything right now and I'm blanking on her name. She's the new Wednesday. Yes. I like her as an actress. But I just don't like her in this franchise. I didn't mind. She was the first one to survive the first kill scene. Right. In the movie. So that, I don't think I necessarily dislike her character. I don't feel like we got enough to really you develop know how her. The, yeah, like how they did Sydney. They yeah, we need more her. development. We got... So hopefully we get that. Hopefully. I think her older sister's storyline is stupid. As I've said, I do not care for that. But that is what it is. So hopefully we'll get more of the little sister and maybe more of a development. And why would you guys all go together? They're all in New York. Like, are they all going to just leaving... stick together? Yes, because they left Westboro. No, Woodsboro. Woodsboro. Damn it. But... Too many fucking movies to keep track of all these stupid. But we will definitely have our Anyways. own episode for that. We're yes, jumping ahead. We will. So this was Halloween Resurrection. I, I've got. Hold on, I got trivia questions for you. Okay. All right, you ready for this? Yes. So, where does Lori put the pills that the nurse gives her? In a raggedy Ann doll. Yes, she does. She hides them in her doll. Which seriously? Nobody ever think about checking that. She sits there all comatose, but no one can tell she's faking it. Nobody. Guess not. Anyways, there were two Michaels in one part of the movie. One of them started yelling at the other and told him to leave. What did the real Michael do? We already said this. He just he, left. He just left. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Uh, and then in which part of the house did they discover that Michael had been staying? The basement. Yes, under the house. I saw it. He's been living under the house for the last 20 years, Freddie tells Sarah. But I don't think he was really there for like... I feel like Michael's a vagrant to a certain extent. He wanders around a bit because his sister had wandered off. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe he, if we want to pretend other things, other movies didn't happen. I don't know. Whatever. But, yeah, that's all I got. There weren't great trivia because this movie is just stupid. So, so that's Sammy's uh, thought about this movie. I'm sorry if you liked this movie. Let I don't know. think many people do, but... Let us yeah. know if you liked Halloween Resurrection. And why? Because and why? I would love to know what I'm missing from this movie. I would. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to get off topic about? Or no, we will have our own uh, own topic, our own episode about Scream mm -hmm. 6. Yes. 
So. And our next official episode will thankfully be Halloween 2018, 18, which I'm yep. very excited to rewatch and talk about. I am excited about the newer ones. Yes. I have the, I still have the old, the last one running right on my head, but maybe mm-hmm. that's because I. That's the most recent one that we've seen saw. that re- recently. Yeah. And let's see. So this one, uh, let's see. So next week is when, well, it's not two weeks. It's like a week. So that'll for be. For the Scream. It yeah. comes out on the 9th, so actually it's better. Well, it's a week from today. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be out. And then our next episode, I'm trying to see. So at the end of March, well, be, very beginning of April, April 1st, we have MegaCon coming up too. So. And, and the cast of uh, Scream Yeah, so you'll probably be hearing be about that too. That's what I was trying to think. There was some so other stuff coming up. We're going to try to get some video of that. I know I'm going to get some autographs uh, with the whole Scream cast. So that's going to be an arm and a leg, but I'm going to save up for that. Did you figure out your costume yet? I'm probably not going to dress up. I thought about dressing up as like Ghostface. We do have the mask. So just wearing that, but that would be hard to put on and take off, things yeah. like that. So I'm still, that's true. she hasn't told me what she's going as yet, nope. but mm-hmm. no. I'll figure out mine soon. Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode. That's it. Yep. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You Can't Kill the Boogeyman podcast is produced and hosted by Robbie and Sammy Brooksby as part of the Limitless Broadcasting Podcast Network. Post-production and intro by Sammy Brooksby. Follow the show on Instagram at BoogeymanPod. You can also follow the Limitless Broadcasting Company at Limitless Broadcasting and your horror hosts at Robert1950 Studios and at The Samalam. We also have a TikTok at 1950 Studios. Email your creepy comments and spooky suggestions to us at boogeymanpod at gmail.com. Don't forget, everyone is entitled to one good scare. Have a horrific week.